Has a cat ever impacted your life? No, I mean, if, if, a, if a cat is in a story, or a sermon for that matter, I don't like it. As soon as Andy's talking about cats, you exit out the back yeah, door. Yeah, that's, that's when I got up and I walked out. Okay, good, yeah. perfect. All right, let's ask some more people yeah. about today. are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. Cat stories? Any cat stories? Anybody got cat stories? Does anybody have a cat story? Hey, Riley. Cat person? What's cat person? Do you, do you like cats? Yes, yes, kind of. What is... Uh, what is your favorite cat? I don't know. Emmy. How many cats do you have? One. I used to have two. N- now you have one cat. What happened to your other cat? Mason and Parker lost it. Wow. They lost the cat. <laughs> did, you, did you guys lose? What happened to your other cat? They lost it. No, you lost it. <laughs> this guy lost it. No. No, it ran away. It ran away. But mom, but mom said the hockey was on the four wheel and he jumped off. Aha. Uh-huh. No, no. Yeah. What actually? What actually happened? He, she did tell. No, cause he got, cause he got lost. Jacob Dreyer, um, cat person? No, no, no. Uh, Allergic. Allergic, yes. Tell us about how a cat has impacted your life in some way. Well, the first time I went to my now wife's house when we were dating, uh, she invited over a bunch of her friends so we could play games. And about midway through playing games, she thought I was a really weird guy because I was sitting in the corner, my eyes were red, I was rubbing my eyes, I wasn't talking to anyone. Come to find out they had a cat. I didn't know it going into it. So that was actually how I discovered I was allergic to cats because until that moment, I had never been around a cat. So dating advice would be sit in the corner alone and don't talk to anybody? That works out really well. Uh, We just had our first child. So yeah, definitely a top option for how to behave on a first date. You never know what you can get out of this podcast. Dating tips and everything in between. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Good one. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Dylan, uh, we talked a lot about cats today. Um, Curious, uh, are you a cat person? Uh, I don't like cats at all. Any any good cat stories you can share with us? Um, no, probably nothing I can share. Um, please tell us. Uh, no, 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 no good cat stories. <laughs> um, no. Hi. Uh, I don't think I recognize you here. What's your name? Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Good to meet you. Um, nice to meet you too, Cordy. I uh, would love to hear a little bit. Today we talked a lot about cats. Are you a cat person? Uh, not so much. Not so much. Any any good cat stories lately? Yeah, I mean, about a year ago we did have a cat living on our front deck and Pastor Andy actually did attempt to take the cat home. I'm a cat lover. Oh, hello there, And Andy. what I tried to do is with your brand new buddy... I tried for you to love that cat. And that's next week's message. And what he doesn't know is that a different cat eventually walked into her house, unbeknownst to myself. I was sitting... Someone might have left the door open. Yeah, yeah. We had um, a friend 
employee house dweller accidentally left two doors open and I was sitting there with my uh, one week old trying to feed him. A friend of ours, Bree, was my safety net with me. Anyways, long story short, I was sitting on the couch and suddenly yelled, there's a cat in my house. And Bree responded with, you don't have a cat. And that was a very shocking moment that the cat looked like a small um, panther is how scary. A small panther. That is an excellent detail. Thank you. I was very scared. And she calmly stood up, followed the cat as it walked through her kitchen, down her basement stairs, out the doors like it had been there a couple times before. So I hope, I hope it doesn't happen again. Um, and I frantically ran to the closet and tried to find a broom to try to defend myself. That sounds shocking and scary to the max. It was, and what's ironic is that for some reason, even though we don't like cats, our house seems to attract lots of cats. Andy, come and get a cat. Thank you, Catherine, good to meet you. You know, I love the, the podcast, Isaiah, because it's an opportunity to go behind the scenes to be authentic and honest to everybody. <laughs> um, you know, worship is a really, it's, I love it. It's so much fun to do. And, you know, we honestly, we receive a lot of compliments most of the time. <laughs> this morning, second service, I'm not sure if we're going to receive any compliments. I don't think so either, Cordy. <laughs> and we just want to be completely honest and transparent that sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes things go wrong. <laughs> um, would you care to describe what happened this morning or just, oh. just leave that a secret if people were here or not? We can talk about it. Let's talk. Okay. Well, dive into what happened. Like, just so people know some of the adversity that you face as a worship leader here at Echo so, Church. So, yes. The, the song started, but the worship leader did not start with the song. <laughs> and to clarify, you were leading that song. Yes, yes. Cordy, Cordy had no part in this. I was, <laughs> I was playing the guitar. <laughs> and then it went rogue. <laughs> well, let's, let's dive in. So, you didn't start singing at the right point. Correct. And, and, yeah, didn't start singing correctly. Well, so, you, so people don't know, we have in-ears, which we are just headphones, and we're listening to a click track, so we all are on the same time, and then a guide as well, which actually tells us, like, verse one, right. chorus, and it's lovely. It really helps us. Mm-hmm. But you have to nail your timing of that. <laughs> yes, and I neglected to do so today. <laughs> Another complication was your headphone was un... You said was... Half done, half undone. So you couldn't really hear that well. Correct. Gotcha. So just plug so those monitors in, plug them in, plug them in, folks. And so next time, if anything ever happens, you kind of now know some of what's going on behind the scenes. Yes. Now you know what we we deal with. So this is our seventh week. Okay. So so one out of seven times we're gonna screw up. I mean that's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> no, and then two services. So fourteen. One out of fourteen times we one might make a mistake. Yes. One out of fourteen. We'll take it. We love those odds. We're a data centric worship team, and we're gonna keep crunching those numbers to keep improving every week. Thanks, Isaiah. We appreciate you. Thanks, Cordy. Thanks. Cat stories. Anybody have a cat story? Does anybody have a cat story? Hey, we're in this series, and uh, it's called Generous, and I'm, I'm really just pitching the idea of what if we could be a community that's absolutely generous? What could we accomplish if we did this together? And, and, and I opened up the Bible last week to, to James chapter 1 and verse 8. It says this, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously. 
And if you read the book of James, what you'll find is, is James delivers a number of different ways and how we should be generous. How should it kind of flesh out into our life? And, and it's really four things that I see thematically through the book of James that we want to talk about in the next few weeks. And the first one is we think we should be generous with our worship. We should be generous with our work and our actions. We should be generous with our words and our speech. And we should be generous with our wealth and our resources, our time. And our talents. And so the question I have you, uh, for you this morning is this. How many would agree that words are powerful? We've all experienced that from time to time. Uh, there are, there's one time more than others that I begin to really like, experience the power of words, and that's when I'm on Amazon.com. Anybody relate? You're about to pick something. You're like, you're about to order something. You might even put it in the cart, but then you get stuck reading the reviews. How many would agree reviews are powerful? And, and I'm telling you, man, over and over, I, I've been at a point of, of trying to purchase uh, something and I get stuck at this one part, and that's I read the reviews. I see there's like three one stars, and there's 75 five stars, but I just can't pull the trigger. And so I was thinking about generous words, and I was thinking about reviews, and I was thinking like, hey, I wonder if I Googled interesting reviews, what would come up? And I did it, and I found a few interesting things. Not only did I find interesting reviews, I found interesting products. And so do you guys want to hear about some of these products I found on google.com? Yeah, yeah. So, so the first one I found was uh, crafting with cat hair. <laughs> Any cat lovers in here? Come on, come on. Let's be honest. Okay, we got a cat lover. Okay, keep those hands up. Don't be ashamed. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, someone's like, what am I getting into? Am I, you know, am I going to get in trouble here? Uh, there's nothing that divides the church more than that question. Do you realize that? <laughs> Unt- untrue. But let me read the review, a review on this. Some of you are like, ah, oh, interesting, crafting with hair. I got some extra around the house. What, what do I need to do with it? Uh, let me help you in the process of maybe... Uh, Purchasing this. This is a five star review. Uh, the title is Excellent to Hand Out at Speed Dating Events. <laughs> a lot of young singles here at Echo, and this could be what puts you over the top. So. Oh, man, I could go somewhere, so many places. I'm going to just stay focused. This is what the review says it says, I bought this as a white elephant gift exchange, and I ended up ticking off my coworkers. This was possibly because I included a Ziploc Ziploc baggie of my cat's fur. The disgusting looks on their faces was well worth it. The one who ended up with my gift was rather upset and felt as if she was entitled to a nice gift. They ended up quitting their job. And like any kind of good Amazon search, uh, I think you would agree that you scroll down, you might read the reviews, but then what you find is what other things they purchased if they purchased that. And that's called a wormhole. And I went down it this week. And I have a photo, but I'm not going to show it just because it will ruin your life. But what I found, and I actually kind of like prayed about it, you know, or not really, but I kind of thought about it, like, do I, should I? 
yes, I probably should. So I found down, like, if someone purchased the crafting with cat hair, you might also purchase a book called Cat Butt Coloring Book. <laughs> now, some of you are, like, getting your phone out, and you're on Amazon right now, and you're like, oh, well, let me read at least some of those reviews. You don't need the imagery, but, uh, and you all know what I'm saying. Y'all, you've been around a cat and like, you know, the cat, you're petting the cat and then the cat passes you. And it's like, ooh, that's what this book is all about. But the title is a five-star rating. Just follow me. I will tie this into the message, I promise you. Uh, it's not a very good tie, but it is a tie nonetheless. Uh, this is the title. It brought me great joy to give this to Linda, my mother-in-law. It says, my mother-in-law, for some strange reason, didn't think that this was a good Christmas present. I thought it was highly appropriate for someone who always re-gifts presents. Can't wait till next year. Here's another one I really enjoyed on the reviews. Five star as well. It says, it's a great wedding gift. I anonymously sent this as a wedding gift, and it generated lots of fun and uh, lots of fun confusion. Good times. So if you're looking for that idea... Now, if you're like me, though, you get to those one stars and it really begins to like, like slow you down from, you know, pressing buy. And uh, this one is a one star and it says, don't buy it. This was an extremely thin coloring book. <laughs> I'm not sure if it says more about the coloring book or more about the person on this one. Like he wants more pictures. This coloring book is uh, half, or is within this coloring book, the half the pages were printed upside down. Also, the quality of print was awful. I didn't expect top notch from this price, but it looks like it was printed from a cheap home printer. And at this time, it slowed down like my desire to potentially press buy. But then I read one more review and it realized that words are powerful. This was a five star and it said this, it was a very short but sweet review. It says, not right but worth buying, so I did. (laughs) Uh, And so any any cat uh, fan here, I think I saw a cat fan. I wanted to illustrate my generous nature by gifting this book to a cat lover here. So I appreciate you enjoy your new coloring book. Some of you are like, man, I gave to Echo last week. Did that just buy that book? No, it did not. It came out of my personal budget, okay? My savings account to give that beautiful book. And I must apologize. There is a quote on the back that's not quite appropriate, but I didn't read the back. So forgive me. And some of you are like, can you just like speak, like preach today? So let's get to some words, okay? Let's get to God's words. And so would you open up your Bible and open up to the book of James, and I promise you we will get to what actually matters. Uh, Words are powerful, and James reminds us of this uh, in his writings. And as you're opening up your Bible, James 1, verse 18, I want to remind you that James, the brother of Jesus, is writing this to the Christian or Jewish Christian follower of Jesus Christ, the New Testament church. And, 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 and during this time, they're under pressure. They're under persecution. And they have dispersed all over the land to, in order to save their life because 
of their decision to follow Christ. And so what he writes to these type of people, and I want you to have that in the back of your mind, is, is what he's writing It really, really applies to their situation. It says this. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take notes of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I mean, just think about it. If you're being persecuted, you've been sent into another land, potentially into another home, potentially lost your job, and and James wants to remind the believer, hey, you know what you need to do? You need to be slow to speak. And you need to think about being slow to becoming angry. You need to, 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 to apply this to your life. And then you see in James chapter 4, and there's other scriptures, and I don't have time to read them all, uh, but I would encourage you to read the whole book of James. It's short. Uh, in James 4 verse 11, it says, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. What I find absolutely fascinating is this one thing. If there was anybody ever in history where we would give a little bit of allowance for people to get a little angry and maybe share a few words, it's the persecuted people. They've been, a, they've been mistreated. They've been abused. They've been taken advantage of. They've been stolen from. They've been dehumanized. They've been slandered. And they've been spoken negatively about. But yet, James writes this to remind them that guess what? Be slow to speak. Be slow to anger and do not slander one another. See, although people are everything but generous and kind with their words around you, you are to be generous and kind with your words. What we find in the next scripture in James chapter 3 is that James wants to remind the believer, the follower of Jesus, that you are to control your tongue and your tongue is not to control you. So Genesis 3 verse 2, it says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And then what he does for the next few verses is he says, illustration, example after example, I think to touch everybody's hearts and to remind them that the tongue is an instrument of evil from time to time. It says this uh, in verse three, it says, uh, when we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them to obey us, we can turn the whole animal. And again, it's one of those moments when I read this, I'm like, hey, I get the point. The tongue has some power. I understand, you know, being around horses as, as, as a young child, I understand you put that bit and that, that bit and that whole scenario can just guide a horse almost exactly where you want it to go. But he, he doesn't just stop there. It says this, or take a ship as an example, although they are so large, and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. And he doesn't stop there. It says this, consider what a great forest is set on fire by just a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It, it corrupts the whole body, and sets the whole course of life on fire, and, it, it, and in it itself sets a fire by hell. It sets on fire by hell. 
And then for those that were wondering where the cats came in, all kinds of animals and cats and birds and reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. And some of you are like, man, I'm glad I came to church today. <laughs> That's why I joked with you a lot up front. Because I've realized through time that a lot of times when I'm laughing, it's actually an awkward laugh. And this is an awkward type of conversation to have, an awkward type of message, because, because in all truth, this is not something that I feel confident even speaking about. Because when I look in the mirror and I look at, at, at my situation and my life and my past, like I don't have the best track record in managing my words. I don't have the best track, word, uh, track record to be generous with my words. And again, you, you, you would think that, that James would be done writing about it, but he continues and he says this, with the tongue we praise our Lord and our Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made, by the, made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth comes praises and cursings. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And he still's not done. And he says, but both. Fresh water are akin, both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring. The answer is no. And then he concludes and he says, but brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives and a grapevine bear figs? Then he says this, neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Here's my thoughts. I think James thought it was so important to get this across to the people that were hearing or potentially reading what he wrote, that he repeated it over and over and over so that it almost had this rhythmic drumbeat in the, in the back of our minds that we would always remember this idea that our tongue is not easily tamed and that our words are powerful James really wanted everybody to understand. So the bitten horses, man, that would relate to the warrior. The ships and the rudders would relate to the traders and the travelers and the forests and fires would relate to potentially the carpenters, animals and submissions, uh, and animal and, and, and animal submitting would relate to the family or maybe even the child. Praise hand or the praise component of, of praising and cursings would relate to worshipers, uh, people of faith, fresh water and salt water. Man, heck, it should relate to everybody because we all need water. And then listen to this fig trees and bear that bear olives, I believe, is a message to the farmers. We can look different, we can do different things, we can be in a different situation, but we all have the same issue, and a lot of times it comes down to our tongue. See, words are powerful, and we need help. And like I mentioned already, I need help. And so what I thought I'd do today, just in a few moments of time, is start talking to you a little bit about what generous words don't look like. If you know someone that talks a lot, sometimes there are certain words that just kind of jump out at you. For some of you, you don't talk much. But you have said a few things that, that the moment it left your mouth, you wanted to grasp and grab it. It's the picture of saying something, words flying out of your mouth, and the moment it flies, you're trying to reach something that just is unreachable. 
And so this is what I call uh, irretrievable words. We've all done it and we've all received those types of words. It's like throwing catch with a toddler. Hypothetically speaking, I've done this. I, uh, I have at times uh, played catch with a toddler. And you know how it goes. You do it really soft the first few times. And they don't get the ball, but then they like start getting the hang of it. And you're like, okay, daughter, hypothetically speaking, we're going we're gonna to throw you a little faster this time. And you maybe dial up your game a little bit and put a little gusto, a little juice behind it. It might work uh, one or two times, but then you're like, okay, I'm going to really give it to them. And you whip it there. And the second it gets out of your hand, you know that it's going to hit their face. It's like that. It's an irretrievable action. It's something that you wish would have never happened. It was never meant to be like that. Uh, If I can confess with you today, uh, I've had these types of moments with my own daughters, my own wife. And this one particular time I had uh, purchased a bunch of mountain bikes because I love mountain biking. And I wanted my kids to love mountain biking. And I had built up within me that we were going to go to this awesome mountain bike trail up north. So I loaded up all the bikes and I put it on this, this four bike rack that's only really meant like two. Anybody feel my pain there? You know what I'm saying? And so I'm angrily putting it on there, putting all the effort there. And then we get to this track and, and I give my daughters and my wife more importantly, this pep talk, you can do it, baby. <laughs> uh, this is going to be awesome. And we get on this track. It's called Easy Street. I mean, go figure it out. Everybody could probably do it. Nope, nope, nope. And there's some muttered words up front. I just happen to hear. And as my kids are kind of struggling through this path, and, and then all of a sudden the tensions start, start to rise. Y'all know where I'm trying. Anybody relate to this at all if you're dad or, okay, or a, a sister or brother uh, to someone? And, and, and so we get to this part of the track, and it, obviously it, like, the intensity starts to elevate as it goes up and down. And, and, and now mutters are beginning to be like, screams of anguish you know like why did you do this to me and my wife and my 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 middle child is like going up in front of me and what's happening behind me is my daughter is now going back the other way and walking her bike and screaming at the top of her lung and I said something that I'm not proud of but it was one of those irretrievable moments and words that I will never forget but I want to as I said something to her and about her that I never meant, and, and, and as a good father, as best as I can be, I would never meant to say it. It was one of those words. And I think we've had those moments, if we're being honest. And, and, and I would say it like this, words caused by sticks and stones or mountain biking. Mountain biking can be healed, but wounds from words may never heal. And I think if we're being honest, we relate. And if I could get really practical, I see this quite a bit on Facebook. I see this quite a bit on Instagram. Where people say certain things and, and, and they want to stand for whatever they're standing for, but there's really no consideration on how it might be interpreted or what you're saying about a group of individuals or, or whatever it might be. And I just want to be a church. I just want to remind us today as we go into this beautiful 2020 political year, (laughs) would we just begin to pray about what we post before we post it? 
We just simply say, God, is this really worth it or should this be done in conversation? And so to be generous with words is to, be, and to begin to understand that there are certain things that we say that we never really mean to say, but when they come out, we realize they're irretrievable. Yeah, they might be deleted, but they will never be deleted in the mind of the reader or the hearer. And then there are others of us who have had those irretrievable words said about us. And if I'm being honest today, it's actually usually about this part of the message where some of those words begin to creep in my mind. And some of you are so good at listening to me, and I appreciate that. But sometimes I'm not really even that great listening to me, and I kind of go in my own mind space. And some of those words that pop into my mind is, Andy, you're not worth it. Because of what people have said in the past, you, you shouldn't be doing this. You're not good at this. And you know how it is. It's, it, it may not be on a platform, but it could be whatever you're doing at work or whatever. There's irretrievable words. And I'm telling you, those are some of the things that are so hard to do and hard, hard to, uh, to manage. And what I guess what I'm trying to say is some of you need to be a little bit more considerate and a little bit more generous with kind words with people around you. But there's some of you that need to be generous in your own mind. And you're tougher on yourself than you ever should be. And we need to also be generous in those types of situations. And I think the best word I can use in that scenario is, as we have said irretrievable words, and as we have received irretrievable words, it's what Jesus teaches. It's the word forgiveness for you and for others. The second kind of generous word that I want to talk about today, or concept or not so generous words, are words plus one. I mean, we can be totally convinced that I'm going to give a compliment, but I'm also going to give a critique. That's the word plus one type of thing. Uh, when it comes to uh, the biblical approach with words, uh, I just want to let you know generosity with our words will always cost you something. Generosity in one area may cost you generosity or uh, cost you in another area. And, and what I want to tell you this, it may cost you when it comes to your words, the last word. It may cost you a full understanding of a situation. It may cost you being right. And it may cost you an apology. Anybody a Jimmy Fallon fan here, by the way? Anybody enjoy it? Anybody ever seen those thank you letters? Well, instead of writing thank you letters, I thought I'd uh, write some letters that are, are apology letters that aren't so apologetic. Can we do that? Nils, do you have any apology music for me? You do, okay. Just example, a sorry that's maybe not very sorry. I apologize, but you're the one who started this. I can hear some awkward laughs because you did that yesterday. I apologize. I just wish you hadn't done that, Christy. Sorry you feel this way. Some of you are like, Andy, you are so lame. 
Thank you for those generous words. Sorry, but aren't you being a little sensitive? The last one. It's definitely in my repertoire. I'm sorry that you're not as perfect as me. Dad. Can we just learn the simple sorry? I mean, really, at what point in life do we take ourselves out of the position of justification of our actions or our words, our situation, and simply just say, sorry, my bad. I screwed up. On the same time, words plus one sometimes can happen with compliments. You know how it is, the compliment that's just asking for a compliment in return. Hey, babe, you look so good today. At the same time, I think we gift people certain things with the gift in mind you would like in return. And, and I guess what I'm throwing out in a very practical way is this, is can we learn how to give people asking nothing in return? When you check in on someone and, and you're generously caring with them through your words, can you be people go, you know what, no matter if they text back or not, I'm gonna th- appreciate what they're saying. That I'm not demanding something in Return And I'm just wondering, can, we, can I just throw a challenge out there? Could we just say thank you? Or could, could we just be generous with our words every day this week with one person and see how your life might change? Can we do that as a church today? Can we, can we try that? If you have your phone, you're thinking about someone, you go ahead, man. Text them today. Text them a compliment. Text them a, 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 a generous building up type of word and see where their life could go or your relationship. And so really taking the corner is, is uh, how can I uh, truly live this life of generosity with the use of words? Generous words, I believe, start with a generous heart. Generous words only come from generous hearts. How can I get a generous heart? In Matthew 5, 18, Jesus is quoted and he says, things that come out of the person's mouth comes from the heart. In Matthew 6, 21, on another time of teaching, Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Let me me rephrase it. What you have in your hands is where your heart may be. And, and, And in that same context of that scripture, Uh, It says this, uh, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. In essence, I believe Jesus is trying to teach the listener this, look to things of heaven. Look to me. And that's where a generous heart can begin. 
See, what we look to, what we hold on to, I believe, begin to solidify in our hearts. And what's in our heart, our mouth begins to speak. And what we speak and how we talk begins to reveal the treasures that we hold on to. It's kind of like this. I believe it starts with the eyes. It moves to the heart. It comes out of our mouth and then it goes into our hand. And if you've been around uh, in life just for a bit, you know that what you stare at begin to, it can begin to capture your heart and it could change the way you speak and it can totally change your actions. And so, to, so today, what I wanna do and I wanna ask you is this, is this, is what are you looking at? What are you looking to and who are you looking at? At. And today, if you want to have a heart that is pure, you want to have a heart that begins to be refined and, and, and begin to be clean from the inside out, we've got to begin to gaze at Jesus. I, I just think we should just make this our prayer. Uh, we should make this kind of a mantra of our heart here as we look to Jesus first. And then we say, God, create in me this generous heart. Holy Spirit, guide me to be generous with kind words and speech and reveal to me, God, that you're stirring up and I've been created to be generous. You want me to be full of generosity. In the book of Acts, as they define and kind of describe this, this movement of Jesus' followers in the New Testament church. In Acts 4.32, it says this, all the believers, this is their situation, all the believers were one in heart and in mind. And if you skip just a few verses ahead, it says this, and there were no needy persons among them. And I'm wondering, I'm just wondering if Echo, we collectively and individually can be one in heart and one in mind with Jesus so that we can be generous with our words. Will you close your eyes, will you bow your heads? I've got this picture in my mind of flying on an airplane and, and watching the steward or stewardess explain that in case of emergency, there's gonna be some air masks that come down. And, and during that moment and, and that time that those masks come back, you were to take care of your needs first before you take care of the person sitting next to you, no matter who they are. And I think if this is one of those moments where we desire to have generous words for those around you. We'd love to help our neighbor. We'd love to help our mom and our dad. We'd love to help our coworker. We'd love to be generous in our words with our kids or even with our enemies at some time. But I sense that this is a moment where we all need this fresh breath, this fresh start today. And it doesn't start with our mouth, but it begins with our heart. And Jesus died for that heart, the center of your being. And he did it with this generous word that he wants you to hear today. You're worth it. It was worth it. I died for you because you deserve it. And you're
And some of you, you've come into this place and you hear these words and you have self-doubt like me from time to time. But I believe this is a moment that God wants to begin to cultivate your heart. He wants to start making something that, that may feel crusty and old and crack, cracked and begin not by man's wisdom, not by man's words, but by the healing touch of the Holy Spirit, begin to make your heart soft so that your mouth would follow. I believe it starts with this one concept to surrender to Jesus Christ. He can make you new from the inside out. So church body, I'm going to ask that you would just pray this along with me as there are some people in here that have never prayed this before. And for the very first time, they're going to receive the healing touch, the rescue from Jesus, the brand new start from surrendering to Jesus. And so if you want mine, open your eyes and can we pray this together as there are people who pray this for the very first time today. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Before we continue, I want to pray for those that maybe you've had some words that are irretrievable and they're sitting in your heart and ask that God would heal that and help you in the forgiveness process. Jesus, I pray for us. God, some of us, some of us we came in here carrying a burden, the burden of regret, the burden of words, the burden of, I shouldn't have said that type of words, statements. And God, we just come to you and say, forgive us. You're the only one that can. But also, God, I just ask that you would give us the Holy Spirit to guide us, to make a call this week. You would help us write that letter. God, that you would help us get that coffee so that we can forgive once again. On that second notion, God, for those that have had those irretrievable word moments, those words plus one type of moments in their life and, and God, they're just carrying that burden. God, not by anything I said, not by anything that I can do, but really by your power, God, we just ask that you would release in them what's holding them back. You would do a miracle in their life. We accept that type of work in our life. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to the Echo Church podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take just a second to share it with a friend or family member who might need to hear this word today. And if you're feeling alone, lost, have a question, or want help with anything, please reach out to us. We are the echo.church slash contact. We would love to help you no matter who you are or where you're at. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more, make sure to head over to that website, wearetheecho.church to get all the details and upcoming services and events.